What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew. Before we start today's episode, I have one give and one take. My give, I want to give a huge shout out to John Jay, an avid Founders Journal listener. John wrote in to me about episode 137 about how to make reference checks less shitty. You should definitely go back to the episode, which aired on December 16th of 2020, if you're interested in the topic of reference checks. But the crux of the show was basically my beliefs that my belief that reference checks are broken. No candidate is ever going to provide a reference that will ever say not great things about them, which generally means that no matter what you hear in a check, it won't change your decision as a hiring manager. I hypothesize that there must be a better way. And John wrote in sharing his experience with references. His strategy is to get in contact with previous coworkers, managers, and direct reports of a candidate that are not listed on a reference list and get their specific thoughts on the candidate. Obviously, this is a little unorthodox. And John's belief is that you will get way more substantive information out of non-listed references. And he also believes it's fully in the right of the employer and the hiring manager to do their due diligence, just as a candidate will try to talk to as many contexts as possible ahead of joining a company. While it's not something I personally have done before, I do think John presents a really interesting idea, as well as the risks to be aware of. Thanks again, John, for writing in. So that was my give, now my take. Founders Journal listeners, I am asking you to take two minutes to leave a review for the show. I've been studying all of the different methods to grow a podcast, and nothing is as impactful as growth in show reviews on the Apple Podcast app. As of recording this, I'm at 118 reviews. I have the highly ambitious goal of getting to 250 reviews by the end of this quarter. And I'd be incredibly grateful if you contributed to that reality. All you have to do is go to the Founders Journal podcast page in the Apple Podcast app and rate the show and leave a review if you want. I love nothing more than recording this show three days a week to make builders' lives better, and your review will help make that aspiration even more of a reality. Now, on to the episode. As always, thank you for joining Founders Journal, my personal audio diary made public for the world. My diary is meant to give you, the business builder, a backstage pass into building Morning Brew. I want to help you think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, building a team, or building a new product. So let's build together. Today, I want to talk about the crucial investment that most companies fail to make. Let's hop into it. When I ask people what they believe is the largest determinant of an employee's job satisfaction, their answer is normally one of five things. And actually, this is a good exercise for my listeners. Before hearing what I say, pause the episode and think to yourself, what are the biggest determinants of your satisfaction in your job? What are the things that make you happiest? Or what are the things that make you angriest when it relates to your specific job? Okay, the five things that I normally hear are your compensation, your alignment with company values, your coworkers that you spend a lot of time with, your level of autonomy in your role, and your amount of work-life balance, all the way from how many hours you work to 
whether you can work remote or you are working full-time in person. And while I generally agree with all of those things, I actually think there's a category that is arguably the most important of anything I just listed, and that's an employee's boss. I truly believe that the most underrated determinant of an employee's satisfaction is their manager. And it's pretty simple. If you dislike your work, but love your manager, you can still be happy in your job. If you dislike your manager, but love your work, I promise you, you will not be happy. And I've experienced this exact dynamic myself. Some of you may not know, my first job out of college before going full-time on Morning Brew was working at Morgan Stanley as a bond trader. And I'm sure to many of you, that sounds like pure torture. But for me, that was a dream come true. My mom, my dad, and my grandpa all worked in sales and trading. So I long aspired to be just like them. And growing up, I actually had my life's <laughs> goals written on a whiteboard in my room. And one of those goals that I always had written up there was, in quotes, be the best trader in the world. So when I got to Morgan Stanley in 2015, after graduating from college, I couldn't have been more excited. I was making a great salary. I was living in Manhattan and I was trading the exact product that I wanted to trade. Yet I was miserable. I reported to and supported a senior trader on the desk and they were an absolute terror. My life was hell when I worked for this person. I started the day at 6.30 a.m. with them screaming and cursing at me. This is not an exaggeration at all. And I finished the day at 7.30 p.m. with them screaming and cursing at me. They had zero interest in teaching me or investing in me as a professional, and their philosophy was simple. If anything hinders me as the senior trader, from making as much money as humanly possible for the firm and therefore myself, they are dead to me. So as a new analyst who was trying to learn the ropes, who clearly wasn't a great trader yet, I was dead to this person from the beginning. Fast forward eight months, I ended up moving desks to trade a different product. So I went from you know, trading what's called agency mortgages to a different type of mortgage product. And Honestly, the, the new product that I went to trade, I was far less interested in. And this example you know, isn't just specific to trading. Any work context, any sort of job, this works for. But for me, I went from trading something that in theory, I was super interested in to moving desks and trading something that I thought was you know, minorly interesting and mediocre. But my manager on my new desk was amazing. He set clear expectations, he was empathetic, and most importantly, he invested in me and my career. My time with him was 10x better than the job that I had when I started, even though in my previous role, I was trading a more interesting product. As I said a minute ago, a great boss with mediocre work substance, and you can still love your job. The other way around, not so much. And when I think back on that first experience with my horrible boss, I think to myself, whose fault was that? Is it my boss's fault for being a bad manager? Or is it my boss's boss's fault for not investing in making my boss better? And I'd argue it's both. I think that the fact that my manager was a manager is a result of what something I call the manager's paradox. Oftentimes in companies, 
the best performers are the ones promoted to managerial positions, but being a great performer and being a great manager are two totally different skill sets. Just because my first manager was a great trader, it just meant they were good at thinking about numbers, taking risk, and thinking deeply about financial instruments like bonds. It didn't mean that they were good at being empathetic, setting clear expectations, and investing in me as an individual. Honestly, like a lot of the soft skills. And oftentimes, actually, what I've found is that as you look at great managers and great performers, when someone has the specific or harder skills meant to help them perform better and be a great performer, that individual's soft skills that make him make them a great manager actually tend to under-index, as in they have less of the soft skills. And while my first boss was clearly deficient in areas of management and shouldn't have had any direct reports at all, I actually put it on my manager's manager to own the responsibility of making my manager better once it was clear that they'd be managing someone. Because at the end of the day, every leader should know that an employee's manager is one of the most important, if not the most important determinant of an employee's happiness. And it will always be worth the investment spending time and money leveling up your managers. I think it's pretty simple. Every company should be finding ways to develop and support their managers in the same way that good managers should develop and support their direct reports. Yet I find that so many companies are incredibly underinvested in their managers. But with this insight, I've decided that this is something we need to stop talking about and start doing at Morning Brew. And it's something I think my listeners who are managers or leaders should be advocating for at their company. One of my rocks or 90-day goals this quarter at Morning Brew is to establish a management training for Morning Brew's managers. You may be wondering, why is this the right time? You know, Why did I make this one of my few goals in running this business? And my thought would be, Honestly, I think the right time to invest in our managers was yesterday. I really do wish we did this earlier, especially as a, a young company. But the second best option to investing yesterday is investing today. I also think there are a lot of things about the profile of Morning Brew today that makes A-plus managers even more vital for our company. The first specific thing about our profile is that Morning Brew is growing rapidly. We went from 26 people to 65 people in 2020, and we're going from 65 people to 120 this year. That means there are going to be a lot of first-time managers. And what people don't realize is you're not just naturally good at managing. And actually, most people are just shitty managers to start. Yes, there are underlying traits that make people good managers like empathy, communication, prioritization, and vision. But most people don't have all four, four of these traits. And even if they do, they haven't flexed these muscles in this specific way before. Second, growth in your company, the type of growth we're experiencing, also means growth in the number of people that a lot of managers are managing. I was chatting about it with our head of product today, and we were saying how a manager's job changes a ton and gets a ton harder when you go from managing one person to managing four people, you end up having just as much work, but now even more responsibility. And you have less time in your day to deliver on that responsibility because you have to spend time managing 
the three new people that you're managing. The second reason I think Morning Brew is at an interesting point that begs for A plus managers also is, as I alluded to earlier, we generally skew young as a business. So even non first time managers are relatively underexperienced in having direct reports. I think that's just a function of Austin and I starting the company when we were 21 and 19 years old, us initially hiring very young people. And just in recent months, hiring more senior individuals at like the middle management and senior leader level. But generally, I would say on average for a media company, Morning Brew probably skews three or four years younger than the typical media company. And so I think that's a really important reason or thing to understand that we're generally going to have younger employees, which means less experienced people, which means less experienced managers. So all that said, I'm now in the process of figuring out our management training for Morning Brew's organization. I, I literally have zero idea what I'm doing. I've never run a management training before. I've never hired a management training firm. So I'm winging this like I've winged most things in my entrepreneurial career. But I do know that investing in Morning Brew's managers is the right thing. And I can confidently say to you, that investing in yourself as a manager or investing in your managers as a leader is the right choice. I'm going to end up doing a follow-up episode on this once I figure out this whole management training thing, because I think you'll find it interesting. But until then, I'd love to hear from you. What have you seen companies do specifically to invest in their managers? Has it come from outside firms or has, has it been a program developed by your company internally itself? As always, thank you so much for listening to Founders Journal. I hope you all have a great day and I'll see you next episode. Take it easy, everyone. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.